Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh, everyone, to all of our uh, dear listeners. Welcome back to another podcast of uh, Radio Islam. Uh, today we have a very special guest. I am here today with Imam Abdul Malik Mujahid. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Wa alaikum Good to be on your <laughs> podcast. Glad to have you. Alhamdulillah. Welcome. Um, so today, uh, you know, Eid is coming up very soon, inshallah, and you know, uh, we're witnessing uh, a lot of different things happening in the world right now. Um, th- there's a lot going on uh, all over the world. There's, you know, the persecution of Muslims in uh, uh, in East Turkestan, uh, also known as Xinjiang, uh, renamed by uh, the Chinese government. Um, you know, we're witnessing uh, the also the occupation uh, and the, the, the hostile uh, aggression of India towards Kashmir, uh, we're witnessing the uh, you know Saudi bombardment of uh, Yemen. We're witnessing a lot of different things all around the world, and so um, while we here in the United States here at home uh, are planning, uh, you know, and, and, and preparing for Eid uh, this upcoming Sunday, um, you know, we'd like to talk a little bit about today about how uh, Muslims in other parts of the world abroad uh, are preparing for Eid or the lack thereof. Um, you know, we'd also like to talk a little bit today about uh, how also, uh, uh, you know, how, you know, in what ways can we, uh, you know, uh, help Muslims abroad as well in this time of need. Um, you know, uh, du'as that we can recite or, you know, uh, relief organizations we can donate to or uh, anything of that nature. So, what are your thoughts? Yeah. Well, Eid is Eid. I know the world is horrible and a lot of things are happening in America and around the world. But Eid is it. Yes. And Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, faced all sort of difficulties. Uh, uh, tortures and beating and state of seas and hunger. Right. But Eid is an Eid. Eid is a time to celebrate. He will yes. still go out and get all the people together. Not in his mosque, by the way. He will go out somewhere and uh, in open fields and everybody will join and pray and thank God. Despite whatever is happening, despite who, whoever's life is lost and mm-hmm. how much is hunger and all of that. So Eid is happening in the middle of the same mix. Uh, some will be able to pray, some will not be able to pray. Right, right now about 8 million Kashmiris mm-hmm. who has been locked up in their own home by 500,000 plus Indian Army mm-hmm. who was already there. At the top of it they have sent another 38,000 soldiers. Wow. So almost every neighborhood is under lock and they may or may not be able to even pray. Right. And uh, uh, and then there are Uyghur Muslims uh, who are in concentration camps in China and uh, they are not even allowed to, uh, you know, say Salaam or Asalaamu Alaikum or uh, uh, anything like that. They cannot even mention the name of God. Uh, yeah. So prayer for them. So, 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 <clears throat> but I'm pretty sure despite all of that, Kashmiri Americans, I don't know how many there are, but there are Uyghur Americans, about three, four thousand, and there are Rohingya Muslims who have been sure. subject to genocide. There are about four, five thousand of them in America. 
they will be enjoying Eid and also celebrating uh, their freedom of religion, which many peoples around the world don't have. Right. Um, in in my childhood, uh, uh, our whole family uh, we will go out walking. Uh, following the tradition of Prophet Muhammad, peace upon him, instead of our mosque, we will go out and uh, there will be, if not hundreds of thousands, at least tens yeah. and tens of thousands of people yeah. will be praying together and there is no, so you bring your own sheets to pray on because otherwise there is no one who can arrange that many sheets. And, and uh, Imam, for, just for, um, for the sake of our listeners who don't know where you're from, where are you from? I'm from Pakistan and I'm talking about my memories of Eid. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, subhanAllah. So, so what are some of the cultural practices of Eid uh, al-Adha in Pakistan? Well, uh, Eid, of course, uh, uh, you know, for several days people start fasting uh, because Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, recommended people who are not performing Hajj. Before that, people will be seeing off hajis at the airports and whatnot and asking them to pray for them in Makkah. And uh, on a night before Eid, uh, there is a big shopping night. It's like Christmas Eve in America. Yeah. I don't know if people shop on Christmas Eve. I know, I don't think so. They uh, shop, I think, uh, before sure. Christmas Eve. Yeah, yeah. Uh, their Eid doesn't start until the Eid morning. Right. So uh, Eid night is a, you know, a whole market is a lot of hustle bustle, purchase of clothes, children, yeah. uh, new clothes and uh, women especially, new jewelry, uh, children sometimes uh, new shoes are purchased on that night. And the morning everybody takes a shower and the uh, line is long outside the shower because yeah. everybody is taking shower yeah. and then they start uh, walking uh, one route and getting to the prayer place uh, from one route and uh, they pray and uh, normally a lot of politicians and whatnot uh, come and speak and greet people before prayer starts and then you hear the sermon yeah. then you take another route come back but yeah. uh, somehow I don't know all Pakistanis do that but in my family yeah. uh, after prayers uh, normally you go to graveyard okay. to to pray for our those people who have passed away that may yeah. be our family tradition we come back home and uh, just eat <laughs> yeah, yeah. and on Eid al-Adha there is another thing because the uh, uh, you know the human sacrifice was prohibited when Abraham uh, uh, God's peace and blessing on Prophet Abraham was ordered by God to slaughter his son in our tradition it was uh, Ismail or Ishmael and who we consider to be prophet as well and uh, God just tested him and replaced a lamb so there's a lot of lambs <laughs> who go yeah. uh, on sale first and then uh, and then you take uh, one third of that and uh, as a child our duty will be one third of that fresh uh, organic uh, farm raised uh, meat you take it to neighbors yeah. half you take it to poor people mm -hmm. And then by the evening, you're eating what was sacrificed uh, earlier in the day. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's very similar in um, in Tunis, uh, where I'm from, where my family's from. Uh, I personally have never 
celebrated Eid in Tunisia. Uh, however, you know, my parents did bring back uh, a lot of the cultural customs uh, with them when they came here, when they migrated here in uh, the 1980s. So for me, growing up, growing up as a child, uh, we had very similar practices. Um, and I know in, back in Tunisia as well, uh, you know, people will also visit their loved ones, th those who have passed away, uh, the deceased, they'll go to the graveyard. Oh, so you have that tradition of going to graveyard and all that? Yes, yeah, so some people, they, they do like to, uh, that, that is customary for some families, yes. Um, uh, you know, of course, uh, children are allowed to indulge in candy and sweets and all types of things, and gifts are given. Um, and of course, we also have the uh, the customary uh, uh, sacrificing of the, uh, of the of the animal. And uh, you know, and, and I, I've participated in that uh, to some extent, uh, even here in the United States. Um, it, it's a very interesting experience. You know, uh, you know, following the custom or the you know the, the Sunnah of Ibrahim alayhi salam. Uh, and the Prophet uh, Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and and kind of just like uh, you know following in their footsteps and and being in that uh, spiritual state as they were, alayhi uh, wasallam. And so uh, you know, and I think uh, this is I mean, I, I would like to assume this is pretty standard uh, for many Muslims around the world, including here for Muslims at home here in, in the United States. Um, uh, you know, so so I think you know it's 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 a very wonderful wonderful time. Uh, that we spend with uh, our loved ones, our friends, our families, um, and I know you know for me as well. Growing up, you know, we would visit each other's homes. Uh, we would uh, you know gather together with our friends and and uh, do all types of you know really fun things. I know I grew up in Minnesota, um, so what the tradition for us was when we were children was that our parents would take actually take us to the Mall of America. Um, so there's lots of rides, there's lots of toys, there's you know lots of things to do there uh, for the children. So you know I have a lot of fond memories uh, from when I was a kid. So Muslims in um, in Minneapolis pray in uh, malls of Americas. No, no. So so uh, so obviously we would go to the masjid uh, for Eid Salat, but then afterwards, uh, you know, parents will take out their children to the Mall of America, which is located in, in Bloomington, Minnesota. Uh, I think it's, if I'm not mistaken, it's, well, it's not in Minneapolis. Huh? No, no, it's, yeah, it's, it's south of Minneapolis, so it's Bloomington, Minnesota. It's, I believe, the largest mall in the United States. Um, yeah. Okay, so, well, uh, in terms of sacrifice, I know a lot of people do it by themselves. As far as I'm concerned, uh, you know, I have done it only once, mm -hmm. and I learned something from it because uh, uh, I'm a vegetarian by and large. Okay. I still cook uh, vegetables uh, and I grow. Uh, not Today's weather is not co much cooperating with my yeah. crop, but I still get few things out of my garden. Uh, that put my mom, uh, may God bless her soul, she asked me this question, what is the prophetic tradition that you do it yourself or you just give money to somebody? Yeah. So, of course, uh, you know, uh, answer was obvious, uh, so, and uh, when I said uh, those words which are required from Muslim, uh, when an animal is slaughtered, otherwise Muslim don't consume that animal, yeah. at the name of God, the same thing with Jewish people also yeah. say, uh, and when I said that, then I realized why Hunting is prohibited in Islam unless it is for your food. Sure. Unless you are consuming for food, you, you're not supposed to do hunting. is illegal in Islam. Yeah. It's not for so. So, so you say that uh, uh, God's name, yeah. and that is sort of a license 
to take that animal life for your consumption otherwise uh, it is not legal yeah. for you to consume uh, and that's why Muslim consume uh, kosher meat but not uh, other general meat sure sure um, so let's let's talk a little bit about um, uh, you know you know in, in, in light of the recent uh, you know events in, in East Turkestan and uh, Kashmir um, how will they be able to cope with, uh, you know, the, their current situations, and you know, realizing that, you know, perhaps they won't have the ability to, you know, celebrate Eid this year. Well, in uh, Eastern Turkestan, with China called uh, uh, Xinjiang, which means new colony, uh, they have uh, late arrival on war on terror essentially and they are uh, using uh, that metaphor. They never call these people terrorists. Uh, but uh, unfortunately, uh, you know, three million are in concentration camp, half a million children are taken away, and forcefully being raised in communist uh, orphanages. And uh, 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 Chinese government even admit that 1.2 billion people are actually uh, in in Uyghur homes they have placed a Chinese man. Uh, so this is a horrible situation uh, for to fake it. Uh, they have done some people sent some people on Hajj and they are faking it substantially. Uh, they took a BBC reporter to a mosque except uh, it was Friday and there were not many people in the mosque when there is questions oh people may be at work yeah. or something so there are not many people actually to pray and 5,000 or so mosques have been essentially uh, destroyed by the Chinese mm -hmm. so in this environment Eid I think uh, going to be very fake Eid when everybody so so yeah. they Chinese government probably will provide a photo opportunity for people to come and see oh the Eid is taking place yeah. while majority of the people are not in in, in opposition sure. and those masks which are open they have multiple cameras yeah. Uh, fixed who is entering a mosque, who is not entering a mosque and whoever enters mosque uh, you know is sent to the concentration camp. Yeah. So those mosques which are willing, uh, I mean not willing, those mosques which are open have this type of a problem. Mm -hmm. Yeah so I mean you know it's, it, it's also very interesting considering um, also the recent news of uh, the alleged 90% uh, Uyghurs uh, that were uh, uh, Claim to have been released, um, and so uh, you know. So so you know. How how should we reconcile that as well? Um, you know, whereas you know the the Chinese government is claiming uh, uh, that you know Uyghurs are being released, but uh, the message won't be filled. Well, that's a big fake uh, thing uh, which uh, China has done. Uh, actually, it is a mistranslation also. They were saying those people who are released, 90% of them have gotten into jobs. Sure. Uh, so somebody translated 90% people have been released. But the good point about that is for the first time, Chinese government admits uh, in oblique way that there were people who were taken away. They were saying nobody is taken away yeah. to begin with. Then we say we are doing the training. What type of training is when, when you are not, now they are saying well, those people who have been released have found jobs. Yeah. Uh, well, so that is a proof that they have taken people. It's very tragic um, knowing that uh, perhaps they uh, won't be able to 
uh, celebrate Eid uh, uh, this year, um, despite the fact of, of these claims. And, um, and, you know, also when looking at uh, the recent events uh, taking place in Kashmir as well, uh, we know that uh, the Indian forces have uh, deployed uh, soldiers to, uh, you know, across the borders into Kashmir, uh, you know, and internet services were shut down and, uh, uh, you know, uh, many people are on house arrest. Um, and, you know, how, how will... Not many people house arrest. The whole India occupies mm. Kashmir. Yeah. Now it has reinvaded that. So yeah. about uh, with 38,000 more pe uh, soldiers with yeah. tanks and they already had about, uh, you know, half a million plus uh, soldiers and tanks and whatnot. Yeah. So uh, there's curfew, nobody can come out. There is no landlines uh, not working, cell phone not working, internet not working. Uh, so let's see if they provide some ease. If they provide some ease, definitely people are going to protest along with prayers. Uh, so India is uh, uh, becoming a fascist country, uh, Modi won that based on hate and uh, dividing the country, so although it's called itself the largest democracy, yeah. uh, without any, you know, violating the constitution, they have, uh, they're dividing the Kashmir in different pieces and broken apart and, you know, there's a whole lot of things which they're doing. But Kashmiris are, uh, you know, they, their freedom struggle started in 1931. Okay. So these people have been fighting for their freedom way before the idea of uh, uh, divided India came into being, uh, things like that. So their struggle is old and they're resilient people. And whatever India is doing, it will force more Kashmiris uh, because one of the rule uh, they were protected since 1930s British time yeah. that no non-Kashmiris can buy land in Kashmir. So yeah. British were unable to buy land in Kashmir, Sikhs were unable to buy land in Kashmir. Now they have abolished that law mm -hmm. and Indian corporation gonna buy land. So Kashmiris are worried they, you know, they may be allowed to pray after some time, not right away but uh, they may not have any land left. All their valley and everything will be gone and poor people to make a little buck instead of good economy and giving them a share of whatever. So the land, so it is uh, like where uh, at this moment when Native American were in in invaded by colonists yeah. and they took over the land on uh, by forcing them, by occupying them, by killing them or by paying them little money. Yeah. That's what is happening in Kashmir, uh, yeah. what people are afraid of. Right. Um, now, you know, I understand that this region of the world is um, very uh, religiously pluralistic. So you have Muslims and Hindus um, living side by side and they've, they've coexisted for hundreds of years. Um, this so is a very important point which you just made. Yeah. Because in, in India, Muslims are lynched on the daily basis. Yeah. Accusation of they were eating beef, there is a beef lynching. Right. Uh, some, Hindu, some Christians also get killed, but mostly Muslim, 90% Muslims. Uh, but uh, in Kashmir, there is no anti-Hindu right. This is a Muslim majority place. There is no writing against Hindu. Yeah. No Hindus are killed, yeah. uh, unlike uh, rest of the India. Sure. So, so please continue. You are making a point, but I thought you already made a point, and I yeah, wanted okay. to add uh, that. No, uh, uh, thank you for elaborating a little bit more on that. Um, but yeah, so you know, uh, uh, despite the fact that you know Muslims and Hindus um, have been coexisting for uh, you know hundreds of years in this region of the world, 
um, what changed all of a sudden? Uh, you know, uh, on, no, it on, is on, nothing. Nothing changed all of a sudden. Yeah. I mean, the thing was that when British were leaving, yeah, they created many problems around the world, like Palestine and Israel and things like that. So in this place, they created this rule was that majority Muslim areas will go Pakistan. Yeah. Uh, Pakistan Muslims were willing to accept all conditions with British put for freedom. Hindus rejected that, Hindus or Gandhi or Nehru's party. Uh, they will accept all suggestions, they will reject. Muslims were asking that we need proportional representation and employment because Muslims were way behind, because Muslims resisted British, so British favored Hindus, so Muslims were behind in everything. When they didn't accept, they went for Pakistan. And then uh, Gandhi agreed with that, British, Congress party, Muslim League, everyone agreed with that. Yeah. Once they agreed with that, the rule was the majority Muslim areas will go to Pakistan, majority Hindu areas will remain in India. Sure. Kashmir has a Muslim majority, mm -hmm. but they didn't allow it to go to Pakistan. Yeah. And that's where conflict began. But Kashmiris have been fighting their Hindu ruler, who was a very, very tiny minority, uh, for 1931. When, uh, uh, you know, uh, in late uh, 19th century, British sold Kashmir against a particular amount of money, I think $7 million, to a small-time Hindu king. Right. And they have been fighting for their independence and participation and sharing economy and governance and whatnot for a while. Yes. So when this thing happened, they want, Kashmiris wanted to join Pakistan. So India went to United Nations. At the United Nations Security Council passed a resolution that there will be a referendum that Kashmiris will decide and India accepted that, except that they never allowed that referendum to take place. Sure, sure. Um, you know, and, and I understand, so the, uh, just kind of rewinding back a little bit, the, uh, the partition which took place between India and Pakistan, this was uh, 1947, is that correct? Yes, 1947, actually in the month of August, Pakistan became a free country, mm -hmm. came into being August 14th, and yes. India came into being on August 15th. Yeah, subhanAllah. So I know, I mean, I mean that was a very interesting time. I mean, there was also a lot happening all around the world uh, during that time as well. One year later, um, the modern-day nation-state of Israel was also established as well. Um, you know, so and, you know, There's the British after the World War leaving uh, the troubles behind. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it's, it's incredibly interesting to see how many of these events uh, throughout history uh, correlate and how they sometimes you know take place right around the same time, uh, and that's primarily due to how of the powers that be and the way in which they employ their authority uh, uh, over others, over you know those who they choose to you know oppress and and, and, and whatnot. Um, you know, so so how should Muslims? today uh, with you know with aid coming up and everything um, perhaps you know some Muslims here in the United States may feel immobilized or incapacitated uh, you know not uh, being able to do much uh, at their disposal uh, or like within their power um, so how should Muslims prepare for aid in these next coming you know uh, day or two well Muslims are free to pray Muslim are free to worship in America mm -hmm. America has religious freedom Yes. America is also a democracy. We are first-class Muslims and we are first-class Americans. So we need to be a excellent citizens also. 
so we need to not only pray praying for Uyghur in Kashmir, praying for Muslims in India, praying for Kashmir and Palestine and uh, Yemen and all that. But at the same time, uh, it will be a great idea if uh, people who are preaching on uh, this, uh, this Sunday to talk about that uh, there is no conflict in being first class American and first class Muslim. Being first class Muslim is that you care for other Muslims being first class American means we care for all Americans. So we need to take liberate our country from fear, hate and anger, but also from this war which is not ending, non-ending war of war on terror. Sure. Because war on terror is what China is saying. War on terror is what India is also saying. So it is very critical to liberate people from these uh, unending wars. And yeah. in that way, I'm very happy that America is in conversation uh, with Taliban, which we went in America, in Afghanistan to fight with, and this war went on for 18 years, and now they are talking among themselves, and there are multiple conversations taking place. So this is good, and I thought it was also good when uh, President Trump, no matter what his style is and what his Twitter are and whether he uses spell checker or not, uh, but. Uh, uh, right. But he said that, okay, he is willing to, Modi asked me to mediate between yeah. Pakistan and India on Kashmir, I am willing to do that. Guess Pakistan accepted, India immediately rejected. When Pakistan asked India, okay, let's have conversation on it, they say no. So I think dialogue and conversation is the way to resolve. Yeah. But in the absence of that, ask Kashmiris to vote sure. and let them vote on this. Sure, yeah, uh, most definitely. Diplomatic relations are... Um, should always be the, the, the first uh, resort rather than the last. Uh, uh, you know, war is always tragic. Um, well, as Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, he says, you know, sometimes people translate Muslim war as holy war or crusades yeah. as holy war. Yeah. Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, said there is nothing called holy war. War is always evil. That's his wording, quote-unquote. War is always evil, and that's the truth about it. So there's no war which I think, you know, sometimes it is justified if you're attacked, you defend yourself, but it's still it's not holy. Sure. Yeah, and it's very interesting because, I mean, right now, uh, especially in the case of Kashmir, um, you know, uh, Kashmiris don't want to be part of India. Um, there are some Kashmiris who would prefer to be part of Pakistan at the same time. You have a third party where, you know, you have some Kashmiris who are now, uh, you know, calling for independence more so. Um, but I think in either of those three scenarios, you know, obviously, of course, you know, wars is not the right option. Um, it's only going to exacerbate the issue and, and make, you know, make things far worse. Um, so, you know, uh, you know, so you know, when I think about all these injustices going on, especially, in, you know, we mentioned the others, we mentioned it's, the It's the time of Eid, brother. You're <laughs> all worried about what to troubles are there. You're right. I mean, troubles are there. Sure. Uh, but one of the perspectives I'd like to bring in is that uh, in many other places it is uh, it's a struggle for freedom and democracy also. I mean, whatever is happening in Syria which produces produced the largest number of refugees in the world, yeah. that thing essentially was uh, people are uh, fighting to have democracy in the country. Yeah. And the dictator, Assad, who didn't want democracy, he started bombing people. Yeah. Similarly, people are dying in Palestine, sure. uh, they are dying because uh, they want freedom. 
if they say oh well all right let israel occupy who in a pray five times a day yeah. and we don't want any freedom and uh, anything uh, you know let me just live my life and take care of my family i don't think israel is uh, zionist going to bother them i mean this is my hypothesis i could mm. be absolutely wrong but it's the demand of freedom sure so so muslim ummah is not in turmoil they're in a struggle for freedom in many cases for justice in many cases Uh, for democracy in many instances like arab spring which was tunis uh, became yeah, successful yeah. somewhat through compromise became successful in morocco but failed horribly in uh, in egypt and turned into civil war in libya right. what was arab spring about it was for democracy people wanted yeah. to rule themselves Absolutely. so some places for freedom some places for justice from places for democracy yeah. and other places people want uh, islam they want to live uh, islam islamic style i mean that was you know taliban uh, were with with whom we are discussing now and interesting enough when america made a constitution for uh, for afghanistan and iraq in those constitution also it says that uh, no laws will be made against islam so yeah. they 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 had that respect for religion uh, or incorporation made by uh, people who were sent big, uh, using our tax money to make their constitutions yeah. Yeah. so 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 freedom struggle is on and because of this suffering but eid is eid uh, i remember eid in malaysia Okay. I was there, and I didn't realize that uh, I my stay there is overlapping with Eid. Okay. So this was the first Eid I had without my children in America. Okay. And what year, uh, what year was this? Oh boy, it, it must be about uh, five six years ago. Okay. And uh, so I had friends, so we went to pray there. Now Malaysian dress up in a very different way. They have this. Yeah. Uh, Uh, you will not see. I mean, it, it's a, it's very flowery. Uh, you know, color scheme is very yeah. feminine yeah. Uh, for men and women both. Sure. Uh, difference was that men uh, were feminine colors, <laughs> women were feminine flowers, and all that. Yeah. And they have very traditional Malay dress. And uh, immediately after Eid, people sat down there, and uh, they call it uh, nasi lemak, I think. It's okay. a it's a some uh, rice cooked in milk or oh, kind of dessert. Yeah, but I think we have it in Tunis as well. I think in really? Pakistan. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rice cooked in milk. Yeah, yeah. In in, in Arabic we say it's called rusbul halib. Rusbul halib. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And but but it has chicken in there. Oh, okay. That's the we don't have. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe it is the coconut milk they're cooking and whatnot. But it was delicious. So they sat down right there in the mosque. Yeah. I took a lot of photos. and then it was idul adha my friend was going to to have the ritual of the sacrifice and sure. uh, i went with him yeah. and uh, so it was more or less but they have this special type of malay sweets also okay yeah yeah it's very nice um you know and you know in tunisia as well you know and i remember from my childhood as well my mother would make sweets days ahead of time uh before eat uh don't tell me it's that extra sugary baklava well there's baklava yes <laughs> but there's also uh we we call it makrooth it's made with um it's not flour it's more like semolina and then there's uh like date paste stuffed inside okay um so i think i think in saudi arabia they have something somewhat similar to it uh i'm not sure in, in pakistan if you guys make sweets with semolina maybe no <laughs> yeah the sweet tradition in south asia 
is very different. The best sweet tradition of South Asia is similar type of sweets, but is in Bangladesh. Okay. I mean, that's uh, they call it mishti, mm -hmm. and it's the mishti world. These people eat it like crazy every yeah. day. It's like people drinking tea and coffee. They eat these sweets. Yeah. And uh, but it is found throughout South Asia. It mostly milk and uh, different beans and sugar, of course, and. Okay. Uh, the the uh, the fat of uh, buttery uh, you know liquid butter fat <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah so <laughs> extremely unhealthy stuff <laughs> but yeah, yeah eat day everybody enjoys that on eat we in our home there is a tradition of uh, uh, you know with milk uh, they cook uh, something uh, very tiny noodles type with okay. milk and nuts okay. that's our tradition. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've had some Pakistani uh, sweets before um, here in Chicago. Actually, it's my first time having Pakistani sweets. Um, it's you know very like very milky, very like uh, milk based uh, type of sweets. It's very interesting. Uh, typically, you know, uh, unfortunately, I have a nut allergy, so <laughs> unfortunately, I can't I can't eat many uh, of the Arab, you know, sweets that we have in Tunisia or uh, from other Arab countries. Um, you know, a lot of these sweets are made with. You have to live on chocolate. Yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> or lollipop. <laughs> yeah, yeah, American sweets. I can, I can go for. Um, okay, but you watch out. Some of them also put nuts in there. Yeah, yeah, of course. Nuts are high. People, people are into nuts nowadays. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but I, I really enjoyed the some of the Pakistani sweets because when I tried them, I was very apprehensive, but. When I tasted them, it, it was very sweet. It was very milky. It was, you know, so it was very wonderful. I, I enjoyed them a lot, and I, th I know ever since I moved here to Chicago as well, um, I know there's quite a bit of. But watch out! Some of the Pakistani sweets yeah. also have nuts. Oh yeah, of course. But there are many who have no nuts. Yeah. For example, rasgulla, gulabi jamun. Yeah, those are very good. And uh, barfi. Yeah. Uh, Sometimes they insert uh, as an additional thing some nuts. So yeah. you better watch out. Yeah. <laughs> ask before. <laughs> ask first. Uh, Alright, that. Yeah. Um, so you know, also, so obviously we're in the, we're in the spirit of aid now, um, you know, and, 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 and you know, of course, right around both aid times, aid al-fitr and aid al-adha, um, you know, we, we seek to become closer to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. Um, what are what are you know some recommended du'as? Uh, or, or you know, recommended practices you would. Uh, so, dua is our Muslim word, and our listeners are neighbors of other faith also. So, dua is supplication or prayer, which you ask God for something. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, you know, God knows all the languages, so you ask God what you need. But you you begin by thanking God what you have, and some people just stick to that. Some people seek God's forgiveness. And some people have very specific requests, especially children, you know, what they really want yeah, and what toys they want and what they want to do growing up and things like that. But one part of Eid is that people joining their voices together mm -hmm. and saying takbirat, uh, what they call it, praising the name of the Lord and yeah. uh, His glorification. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, la ilaha illallah. Well, tone is like that, right? Yeah, of course. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, la ilaha illallah. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, walillahi alhamd. All it is, God is great, God is great. All praises to the Lord Almighty. 
there is no God but Him and God is great. So, so this is something when in unison all the mosques before prayer and after prayer, they say that, I think that becomes the loudest prayer yeah, uh, which one hears. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's, it's very nice. It, it, you know, it, it also cultivates a sense of fraternity and sorority within the Muslim community. And so it's very beautiful. It's a very beautiful thing to witness and be a part of. Um, well, you know, Eid this time is coming when America is also very tense yeah. because of separation of children with their parents, immigrants, undocumented parents, prohibiting asylum seeker coming from America and all that. So politician and electoral politics is up in the arm also. And a whole lot of people, politicians, will be at mosque this Sunday, yeah. uh, giving sermons and talking to people and whatnot. And so this is going to be, I think, an additional feature uh, when people are li uh, listening to different uh, visions about our own country. Yeah. You know, America used to lead in human rights around the world. Unfortunately, still some people talk about human rights. But I was sad to see human rights are not big on President Trump agenda. Oh, sure. And when I listened to first debate and the second debate of uh, tons of Democratic candidates, mm -hmm. they were not talking much about uh, uh, human rights either or foreign policy. Sure. So it seems like the Trump imposing the nativist agenda, uh, although he tweets about some foreign policy issues, uh, Democrats have accepted that basic premise of just talk about what is around us. Yeah, it's very interesting. Um, you know, when we talk about uh, Democrats and the Democratic Party and uh, liberal ideology, I mean, oftentimes these are the, supposed to be, you know, theoretically speaking, uh, the people who champion the idea of uh, fraternity, justice, uh, 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 you know, uh, social equity, and, and so on and so forth. Um, yet, it seems as though uh, perhaps this, you know, America First uh, trajectory that uh, uh, the kind of you know uh, regurgitating is simply uh, uh, perhaps a reaction to Donald Trump's uh, rhetoric. Would you say? I don't know. Uh, maybe. Uh, I mean, he is uh, very good in framing a conversation. Sure. So uh, he gets up early in the morning and he sends out a tweet and rest of the day media and politician yeah. and opinion maker talk about it. Sure. So he's a good uh, media player there. So he is framing a conversation uh, in a America first so America first uh, uh, is in his mind and Democrats are also responding to the same thing. So I think America was great when we care for the world, when we care for our values of democracy, not at home, but around the world. Uh, and uh, now America has even failed to pass uh, a resolution that if a foreign power is in trying to influence through Google ad and Facebook, some advertisement in our politics, yeah. uh, they uh, Google and Facebook should report that to election commission. They, mm -hmm. they even that law is not passed. Yeah. So it seems we are, uh, you know, we are waiting for in, uh, foreign intervention. We are welcoming it. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, it's it's you know quite the conversation the country is having right now, uh, amid all of the tension, as you mentioned, um, and you know within that tension. What role should Muslims play? And you know, of course, you know, with Eid coming up, you know, what should uh, different Muslim communities across the country request from their local representatives um, as they will be speaking in, in, within different masajid? Well, I think uh, <coughs> my message, uh, uh, my request is that their message should be very clear. Mm -hmm. uh, 
uh, we need to liberate America from fear, hate, and anger. Yeah. And that's the beginning of liberating the world from uh, uh, the white nationalism or Hindu nationalism or Zionist nationalism sure. or in some cases uh, ISIS nationalism which was going around uh, doing its dirty job. I mean, uh, so, so I think uh, we need to change the narrative in our country that America became great because we welcome everyone. Yeah. America you know, diversity is going to be as American as apple pie. And uh, uh, for that reason, we need to be very open uh, in all ways and uh, insist on our values on, for example, if India is not allowing people to pray, yeah. uh, 8 million Kashmiris, uh, our foreign minister, our secretary of state should give a statement that India must allow freedom of religion to people. If China, uh, well on China they are speaking, but for India, I don't know if they are afraid of India or what, no, they, they don't <laughs> uh, say India as sure. a challenge, although India regular attacks takes place not only Muslims, but also Christian churches as well. Yeah, 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 and, and Christians are, you know, of course, the, uh, a minority uh, in India as well. Um, I know, you know, especially in, in Kashmir now, what's interesting is that, you know, Kashmir, uh, uh, it's essentially split into three. Um, I, I recently discovered, um, as I don't know too much about the uh, situation in Kashmir, I know there's India-administrated Kashmir, there's also Pakistan-administrated Kashmir, but there's also, um, uh, even, I think, if I'm, if I'm correct or not, um, to the north, I think, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, a Chinese-administrated Kashmir as well. Um, I think they're, they're also now playing uh, a, a part in uh, a lot of the events that are currently unfolding in Kashmir. Um, you know, so, so, which makes the situation far more complex than, than what we initially thought it to be. Obviously, of course, you have the repression of the Uyghurs in China, and now, you know, uh, there's, you know, China has a hand in Kashmir. Uh, I've also uh, read some reports on uh, China uh, sending uh, even some Chinese to live in Pakistan as well. Uh, you know, what are your thoughts on some of these things? Well, I don't know much about it, but I have heard those reports. Yeah. Uh, you see, Ch Pakistan and China have a very long relationship. Even when America-Pakistan was America and America-Pakistan were friends, yeah. even those days it is Pakistan who opened the route to China uh, for America. So, and now in their geostrategic position, on one side you have Afghanistan, uh, which is occupied by America, which is bombing Afghanistan and Pakistan both. Then you have Iran, which is hostile to Pakistan as well. And then on other side, longest border is where India. And India is, uh, uh, they are in conflict with, uh, uh, because India controls Pakistan's water, India occupies Kashmir, which Pakistan consider it as theirs. Uh, so the only bordering neighboring country who is friendly to Pakistan is China. Mm -hmm. So China has made heavy investment in Pakistan and some of those investment has brought Chinese people in Pakistan. Sure. But I don't know a whole lot about it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, th these, these reports are, are new to me as well. I'm, I'm learning about this on a day-to-day -day basis as I, you know, read the news and look at different articles. Okay. Keep learning more, but enjoy some Eid, brother. <laughs> this is this is, this is the time of Eid. Of course. Do we have some songs in uh, special songs in uh, in uh, in uh, um, in th in uh, in your language in Tunis? Um, 
Not that I know of. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure my my parents would know. My mother, I'm sure, definitely. Knows. Well, Sanvijan has many songs of Eid in Urdu language, English language, and Arabic okay. language, and other. There used to be actually a CD which you used to play about it. Sure, yeah. And and who are some of the artists that were that used to uh, compose some of these songs? Well, there there are a lot of uh, artists, uh, including Daud Vansvili. <laughs> okay. Who put it together? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, that's, I mean, it's incredibly wonderful. Um, so, Eid Mubarak to you and all the listeners. Yeah, Jazakallah Khair. Thank you so much, Ima, for uh, coming on today. And uh, Eid Mubarak uh, to all of our listeners as well. Uh, you know, stay tuned for another episode of Radio Islam. Uh, thank you so much for all for listening. And Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.